Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Turn in your Bible just for a moment. I'm going to be continuing this topic on build. You know, if you desire to be a disciple, now I'm saying that I'm loading up for something, okay? I mean, even know you should have a desire to be a disciple. I mean, even know that. You should have a desire to be a disciple. And oftentimes, what that looks like might be not necessarily uh, how Jesus intended it. And we'll look at some of this and talk about it. Some of you have already learned this throughout pursuit. And it's in other courses and classes, but this particular understanding here is about building. Building what? Building your life, building the kingdom of God, building the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, about building. And this happens as a person will willfully follow after Christ. It begins there. A disciple is a follower. To be a disciple, it is a choice. To follow. To be a follower of Jesus, Jesus gave us some clear understanding. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 16 with me this morning. Matthew 16. I'm continuing the topic that I started last week, and I will uh, we'll actually revisit a couple of things that in the scripture that we did look at uh, last week. But I want to go to Matthew 16, verse 24 here. I want you to hear how Jesus talked about a follower. Again, to become a disciple, you're going to have to begin following. Are you hearing me? Jesus said to his disciples, if any man come after me, if you're going to pursue after God, if you're going to say, I'm a Christian, come on, you know what I'm saying? That's what we are. That's what we do. He says this. He says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Verse 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Now, I'm not going to go through all the rest of the scriptures there, but I want to show you something here first about becoming a disciple, about what this entails so that you can build. So to be a follower of Jesus, we see Jesus says, if any man will, verse 24, Come after me. That will, he's talking about, is a choice. This is not a casual Christian. On whom we're, they show up on Sunday, and by Sunday evening, there's no evidence that God's grace is still at work in their life. Are you hearing me? This is a person who's not a distant observer who's like, you know, I'm doing this thing, but I'm kind of auditing. You know, I show up, I hear the class, and... and I'm out of here, man. I did my bet, right? Come on. A distant observer. Now, this is talking about being a committed disciple. Jesus doesn't call casual followers. He doesn't call distant observers. He calls us to be committed disciples. That's why when we are saved, we say, Jesus, be my Lord. Amen? Think about it. So what did he say? He says, if you will, this is... This is your 
will surrendering to his will. This is saying you're going to be Lord over me. God, you're going to be my God. I'm no longer going to be God and determine my own, by my own will all the things that I want and the way I will go and how I will do it. I'm making a choice to follow your will. I'm going to do exactly what Philippians chapter 2 says where, as Jesus said, he did not find it robbery to be equal with God, but he humbled himself and took upon himself the form of a servant, and he became obedient even unto death, the death of the cross. You see, what we're saying is, is I want to be Christ-like. That's why we are called Christians. Amen? This is a person who is saying, Jesus, you are my Lord. God, you are my God. I'm not just going to say you are God, because a lot of people declare there is a God, but he is your God. He is your Lord. And you are saying, as Jesus said, I'm going to deny myself. Jesus said, you can't start following until you start denying some things about yourself. Do you understand? Is this all right? Jesus said that. He said, if any man is going to come after me, he's going to follow me. He has to deny himself. Well, this denial is, is not easy because it's not convenient. It's not casual. It's not how I see it. It's how the word shows us. Aren't you glad we can't make all of this up on our own? Well, I got the spirit. I don't need the word. Well, <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. The word and spirit agree. If you say you don't need one or the other, then guess what? You're not walking in the way you should. It just starts like that. We don't want to get out of the gate wrong, right? We want both working together, working in our lives, leading and guiding, revealing and showing us the truth of the word of God in our lives so we can get a glimpse of who we are, and then we can mirror that to everyone else. Think about it. You're reflecting what you've been given and what you know. This is why a disciple, a committed disciple, is one who is a follower. Excuse me just for a moment. I apologize. I don't have a runny nose, as you know. But today, I want us to look deeper at this understanding. Why? Because we, start, we started talking about, out of 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we are new creations. We're a new creature. That the receiving of the Holy Spirit is so important because in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, Jesus said that after the Holy Spirit's come upon you, you'll be a witness unto me. Is that right? So witness is reflecting the evidence of what they have been given, what they have seen, what they have received. Are you with me? What, what they were part of. Come on. So a person who has, is a witness to something has direct knowledge of the matter. Huh? They, it's evident. It's, there's evidence. They're producing. So a disciple is going to produce evidence of the work of grace that's been given into their life by the revelation of Jesus Christ. I want us to look again in Ephesians chapter 1 just for a moment. Ephesians chapter 1. Y'all ready? I think this is about to get good, I hope, in Jesus' name. I'm going to be able to articulate this properly to you today. But Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to begin reading in verse 17. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory... 
Now, I, I want you to think about this. If you're taking notes, you're going to want to take notes. Because remember, I asked you, and I talked about this last week, that these guys prayed these prayers of themselves. Why? Well, that he may give to you the very spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So hopefully you might have prayed that over there because I'm about to put something in that. All right? Come on. And so we're about to have some wisdom and revelation today. And so he goes on to say, verse 18, so that's, that comes for a purpose, right? The spirit of wisdom and revelation comes for a reason. It comes for a purpose. It's there for, for something. For what? That the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. Come on. The light might go on the switch. Boom. That you may know. That you may know. What is the hope of his calling? Make sure that that microphone over there on the side is, is muted, brother. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory? So that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the hope of his calling? Oftentimes people, and I have had this uh, for many, many years uh, as a pastor, as a minister, uh, a Bible school teacher, all of these wonderful things. People trying to figure out, well, I don't know what I'm called to do. I'm going to help you with that. It's not hard. It's very simple. Did you know we all have basically the same calling? Just not the same function. All of the functions that's in the body of Christ are given to produce one thing. To make disciples, to build his church. Think about it. Some way, shape, or form. We're called to compact the body in love. We're called to edify one another. To continue in the race. To walk alongside. Not quit. Not back off. Come on. Like an example of Lois of whom we were just talking about just a few minutes ago. You see, we need to understand that there is a hope of his calling. And that hope of his calling is, is that in whatever we and God has graced us to do, that we can use and participate with that within the kingdom to further the kingdom of God. That's why he said in Matthew 6.33, Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things that the whole world is trying to get and work for will be added to you. So we're talking about building today. You see, a disciple will begin to build. A disciple isn't in it for themselves no longer. They're not self-seeking. They're not trying to get self-promoted. They're not trying to uh, have, you know, well, this is my ministry. This is my deal. This is who I am. This is my thing. No, no. Remember, deny yourself. Think about it. Take up his cross Man, I, I, I'm not going to go there, but I just want you to know something. When you start taking up the cross, think about this. If you start taking up the cross, it, it becomes evident that you're carrying something to the world and to everybody else around you. And it's showing the work of grace that is in your life. It is producing an evidence and a witness that God's done something. Can you imagine if you were walking around and you go down Main Street and you're carrying a cross around? Huh? I'm not telling you to go do that, but that, what I'm trying to say, what is it? You're going to stick out a bit, aren't you? You're going to be a little bit different than everybody else. Why? Come on. Why? Because you're carrying a cross down the street. People are going to go, mm-hmm, we know what kind of person that is. Right? I said, right? Well, see, you can't even, most of us, I mean, I mean y'all be like, mm-mm, pass the same carry a cross. I'm not telling you carry a wood cross down the street, but I get the point. 
take up his cross. But it begins first. Let me tell you, if, if, if I said, okay, everybody's got to go take that cross all the way down the street and back down Tyab Road. Some of y'all be like, mm, that's not my ministry. Mm-mm. Are you with me? I'm not going to, de- come on, we won't deny ourselves. Why? Because we stick out. Why? Because we might get noticed and people might say something to us or maybe even say something about us. Maybe even say, oh, I know who you are. I know who you were. I said, come on. But now you've denied yourself and you've taken up his cross to make, to show evidence of the work of that in your life. Oh, it ain't even getting good yet. I'm just setting you up. Are you with me? (laughs) We're talking about being a new creature. A new creation. We're talking, we're we're, we're receiving what God has done, but it begins here. That's how it starts. Some people haven't even got into the blocks yet. They're still observing. Hmm. I like the worship songs, man. That's pretty cool, you know, and I'm really nice people. Are you with me? Amen, oh me or something, you know what I mean? But it's, it's a reality. This isn't some kind of just something that we do, you know, because for fun or for... No, we identify with Christ. Paul said, he said, it, it, it's not I, but it's, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but it is Christ who liveth in me in this life. I now live in this flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We're identifying with what God has done and our participation in that, which comes from first denying ourselves, taking up his cross. You can't even call our, we can't even call ourselves a follower in Jesus' book, in his own words. He said, if you're going to do that, if you're going to come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself. Take up his cross and follow me. Two conditions. That's not religion. That's not legalism. This is about character. It's about an understanding of lordship. It's about identifying. It's about receiving the revelation that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him is coming to us. And we begin to go reflect that because we receive that. First, you've got to receive it. If you don't deny, it's hard to receive. If you're talking against, according to the word of God, that God has spoken about who you are, what he's done, how he will do what he does, and you're going to see that in just a minute. I tell you, when you start doing that, if you are doing that, that's why the Bible says don't tear each other down. Don't be murmurers and complainers. Don't be gossipers and, and all of these things. You know, he put that in the same place as murderers and haters and of God in the church. Come on. The Bible says, the eyes of our understanding being light, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is this? This is what has been disclosed by the assignment. The hope of his calling. That means there's been a disclosure. There's been a revelation. There's an, there's an understanding of the assignment that God has given to us as the body of Christ, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as members of a body, and let me just say this, as a local church, We are a body, and we have a function, and we have an assignment, 
And because we have an assignment, the Bible says in, Psalm, in, in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, there is no disclosure, there is nothing that's been revealed, people cast off restraint or they perish. Casting off restraint, what does it mean? Vision will restrain you. That's when you got to deny yourself. Well, the vision's speaking and saying this, but I don't want to do that. That's inconvenient. It's not in my alley. It's not my calling. Oh, yeah, it is. We are called to build the kingdom of God. We are, we are tools and instruments. That's what the grace is there for. That's why we received of this grace. Paul said like this, I am a minister according to the grace of God that has been bestowed upon me. And each one of us are ministers. The word minister means to serve. In every area, whether you're in business, you're serving God with that business. Not just to make money for yourself. Are you hearing me? You're not just serving God as a parent alone. No, there's a ministry of that. If I can say it like that. You're not just serving your family. You're, there's a ministry of that. You're serving God in that family. That's why there's some things you'll put into the family. Some things will happen and some things won't happen based upon the revelation you know. I could go on and on. And so it's so important that we get an understanding. The hope of this calling, we have different functions, but the same goal. That goal is not self-focused. It's putting the other, the body, above ourself. And doesn't the Bible say, say think of others more highly than, your, of your, yourself, than yourself? Am I preaching the word of God today? or Come on. So he goes on to say, see, even Jesus obeyed unto death. We just need to get a picture here. He denied. We've got to put God's will above our own. See, in all of our pursuits... We have to put that kingdom there first. Isn't that what Jesus said? And all you're getting, get this first. Come on, get some wisdom. Get an understanding of how you need to apply the word of God and your walk with God in your life. That's what wisdom does. It applies the word and the knowledge of God correctly. And if any man lack it, he can ask. God, how do you want me to apply this in my daily walk? How do you want me to apply this here? How do you want me to apply that here? Amen. You don't have to call me and say, Pastor, how am I supposed to apply that? You have the Spirit of God and the Word of God, and He will help you and show you if you are denying yourself, if you are taking up His cross, you're going to find out that He's going to begin to speak to you, lead you, guide you, and direct you in the paths of righteousness that you need to go in. Come on. Are you with me right now? All right. Y'all ready? He goes on to say this. So we're getting this understanding that the eyes of our understanding that we might know what even how to, how, to, how to work this assignment as the body of Christ, individuals but corporately one body, members together one of another. So we're not just an individualistic Christianity, like I want to serve God my way. You know, and I've heard people try to teach that. They teach it out of context. Are you hearing me? Well, you know, what is this is, anyhow, praise the Lord. Come on, God help our time. He goes on to say, so we might know what is the hope of his calling. So we need to know the assignment, the purpose in the assignment, and to walk that out and to work it out. And it is working it out. Again, it's a serving one another in love. Galatians chapter 5. It's learning to do that. It's, it's developing. It's building. Not dividing. Not separating. Not clicking. Not, not doing all of these things. Not competition. Mm. The Bible says in Romans 12, he says, we have gifts differing, not gifts competing. 
Oh, praise the Lord. Y'all ready? Look at this. What are the riches? So he says we might know what are the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? I just want to talk just for a moment about that. All right, I kind of touched on it a little bit. And the Holy Spirit said, no, nah, you need to re- go ahead. I said, all right, let's do it. All right, so I want you to look at what are these riches? What are the riches? I want you to just think a minute. What are riches? Riches here translated is Pluta or Pluta in the Greek. And it actually means we get the word plutocrat from. Anyone know what a plutocrat is? It's someone with so much wealth, they make others rich. Are you hearing me? What are the riches of his glory? God's a plutocrat through Christ. He became poor that you might be rich. Are you hearing me? I'm not, see, when we think about rich, we think about stuff and money and all of that kind of thing. Now, I want you to hear something with me. There's a difference between wealth and rich. You can be rich, but rich means also that, uh, you know, it doesn't mean wealth. Because what is wealth? Wealth can be conferred to a level that it makes another person rich. The wealthy usually remain wealthy because the systems they create makes others but a rich person, they're just being rich by taking oftentimes from those around. They're not necessarily making anybody else rich. They're just getting money from them. Are you hearing me? They might have stuff, but it can be a lot easier, easier lost. Wealth is something that can be conveyed to another and makes them rich. Come on. So there is riches. God is wealthy. Are you hearing me? He's wealthy. Wealthy in every area. Wealthy in peace, wealthy in mercy, wealthy in grace, wealthy in love. He is wealthy. He owns the cattle on a thousand. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of the Bible says that the gold and silver are his. Are you hearing me? This, we're talking about the creator of all things and everything. And he has conveyed something to us. What are the riches of his glory, which is the inheritance, which we have an inheritance of? Come on, we're the children of God. Are you hearing me right now? So there's something being conveyed to you in Christ. And we need to see it. If we can begin to know what are the riches of his glory. If we can begin to understand this just a little bit better. We understand the assignment and then what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance that's in the saints. That which he did in Christ when he conveyed from what God did in Christ to you. And you now become a receiver and a benefactor of that wealth. Are you hearing me? Well, let's look at it a little bit, what that looks like. How does this happen? Well, let's look first. I started some years ago. I did this study. I, I taught this in, in, before, but, but the Holy Ghost made me, I needed to do it for you today to, so we can see this. Exodus 33, one of the first mentions and talks about the glory of God. How does the glory show up? What is the glory? What is the riches of his glory? So there's something in the glory There's riches in the glory. Are you with me? Look in Exodus chapter 33 with me just real quick. Moses is having a conversation. Verse 18. Moses is having a conversation with God, and it started a couple of chapters before. 
God, Moses goes up into the mountain. He's meeting with God. There's a tent, he's, and Joshua's in there, and he, Moses is up there with God, and there's a great cloud, and there's fire and thundering. And the children of Israel with Aaron are down in the valley, and they're looking at all of this, right? And the Bible says that, I'll cut it short in righteousness. Anyhow, God tells Moses, said, hey, man, the people, your people that you brought out, Look how they're behaving. You need to go deal with that. Moses said, wait a minute. They're not my people. You're the one that called me. You're the, those are your people. So they're having a dialogue, and nobody wants them. Huh? God's like, hey, those are your people. And he's like, no, they're your people. It's true. And so they're going through this dialogue. Finally, God said, all right, Moses, here. Here's what I want you to do. Here, I'm going to give you 10 commandments. I'm gonna, and you go down there, and you're going to straighten this stuff out, and you go tell them this, this, and this. And he says, all right, all right. And he thought, all right, all right, cool, cool. All right, God, verse 18. And he said, speaking to Moses, I beseech thee, show me your glory. So he threw another added little bit of something in there. Huh? What did God say? He said, and God replied, and he says, well, I'll make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. Now, I want you to, I'm just going to stop right there just for a moment. Because I'm going to show you something. So when Moses says, hey, I want, I want to see your glory. He said, well, here's how this happens. I'm going to first, I'm going to make all my goodness. I want to show you something about just how good I am. Then he says, I'm going to proclaim. God's saying this. I'm going to proclaim. When I do this, I'm going to pass by you. And when this happens, I'm going to show you my goodness and I'm going to proclaim the name of the Lord. And look down in verse 21. He says, And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. Mm. Can you see where I'm going? In Ephesians, it tells us that we are in Christ. We're seated together in heavenly places in him. We are in Christ. Come on. Even Pastor Jake mentioned that a while ago about and talking a little bit about that. But let me just say this. We are in Christ. We, so we're upon the rock. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I'm going to build my church. Upon what? Upon the rock. Upon this rock. So we're, and, and again, God says, and I've got a place by me upon a rock. He says, and this is where you're going to stand. And it shall come to pass while you're on that rock. By me, while my glory passes by, I'll put you in the cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. Now, I just want to stop there. So how did the glory show up? Because the glory passed by when God showed him his goodness and began to proclaim the name. I want you to look in Luke, uh, John chapter 1 with me just for a moment. John chapter 1. We're talking about building, but we're talking, I want to show you something about this because if we're going to build properly, that's why, every, that's why the Bible says, be careful how you build. Did you know Corinthians? Anyhow, that's a, that's a warning to the teachers and ministers. But I want to show you something because we need to understand why. Because, man, I, I could go there. Oh, I want to go. I'm going to take you to John chapter 5 and tell you something about the, the, some things. But we'll get there. Amen. But I want you to see this today just for a moment. Understanding the glory. So the Bible says here, it says, so... The glory of God. In John chapter 1, look at verse 14. So we're talking about the glory of God. Are you ready? And the word was made flesh. You see that? And dwelt among us. And we what, 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 what? We beheld his glory. Is that right? The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. So we see the word became flesh. This word 
which is full of grace and truth, is the glory of God. Come on, think about it. So here we're seeing, Moses said, show me your glory. God says, well, I will show you, I will reveal to you all of my goodness, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord to you. What are the names of the Lord? Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah, which is meaning, I am your healer. Jehovah Sidkenu, I am your righteousness. Come on. Jehovah Shalom, I am your peace. I'm not going to teach on all the names of the Lord right now, but I want you to get a good, clear understanding of what's going on here. When you begin to understand what, when we begin to see the word of God, you're going to begin to see the glory. Think about this. Look in James chapter 1 uh, with me just real quick, verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. Because if you're going to have the glory of God, the riches of the glory, it comes through the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Understanding this assignment and what are the riches of his glory that is your inheritance that you have in Christ because you've been in the rock. You've been put into the rock. You're standing on the rock. And God's going to reveal this glory as you stand there. He's going to begin to show you some things. He's going to reveal some things to you about who you are, about how this assignment works. He's going to help you in every area of your life. And he goes on to say here in verse 22, but here's an understanding. And again, how does this happen for us? Well, it's the word of God, the word we beheld, the glory. Of course, we know is in the face of Jesus Christ, but he is the word made flesh, which is full of what? Grace, the goodness of God. The grace of God is the goodness of God bestowed upon us because we are unmerited, undeserving of it. But glory to God, he did it undeserving. He's pouring out the enabling grace to help in time of need. He'll help you. That grace is there to help you. Paul said, this grace is what made me a minister. And we're supposed to minister according to the level or the measure of the grace of God. That's what the gifts are. Every gift and everything is a measure of the grace bestowed upon each and every one of us to serve one another, to build his kingdom, not competing, not in, not in any of those areas, but we have to walk humbly, exalting. Even the Bible says, having others uh, benefit in mind. Man, I'm telling you today, you see, oftentimes, and he's talking about the church. The Bible says the world is going to know you, not by how you treat them necessarily, how good you are to them, but how you love one another. Isn't that what the Bible says? The world will know us by the love we have for one another. Think about that. Wow. Isn't that something? But let's keep going. James chapter 1, verse 22. But be ye what? Doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. See, we can get in deception. Leave that up there. We can get in deception whenever we begin to not deny ourselves. Because you'll begin to make it up as you see fit, how you feel, what you think. This ain't about how I see what I think. It's about what the Bible speaks and reveals to us. Are you hearing me? And we live on the level of the vision of the disclosed understanding that he has given to us as the body of Christ, which keeps us from casting off restraint. When you cast off restraint, anything goes. huh? I'm going to do it my way. Come on. Think about it. But what does vision do? It It's the banks of a river. A river without banks is called a swamp. Come on. A river has banks and there's a flow to it. And the Bible reveals to us it's living water. Do you know the pool of Siloam is fed by the second river, Gihon? 
The second river, Gihon, in the, in the Bible was uh, 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 mentioned uh, in Genesis. And it was one of the heads, it's one of the rivers that fed out and, fed, and watered the garden. Come on. You know, the Bible says that from his throne flows a river, and the streams whereof make glad the city of God. And let me just tell you something. Hezekiah tapped into that river and brought that living water under, the, under Israel, and they, we call it the king's gate. It's right outside of the temple. And outside of that temple is the place where there's living water that flows up in. And that's the same place in John chapter 9 where Jesus sent a blind man, and he took, and he, he, he took some clay, and he anointed his eyes. Come on, he anointed his eyes at the eyes of your understanding. Being like, he's anointing. Come on, I feel like God's anointed some clay today to anoint some people's eyes. Come on, are you with me? So we might watch see. And so what did he do? He said, go wash in that pool. A blind man with clay on his eyes. He's going to go wash in a pool. Come on. He's already blind. He makes his way to the pool and he washes in that pool. Did you know that in the day that they went into captivity from Hezekiah's sin, when he brought in the, the kings and the messengers from Babylon, he brought them in and he showed them all the wealth. He got a little bit too comfortable with, with what he, I guess he kind of thought, look what I've done. You know what I mean? Anyhow, he got a little bit too careful, too comfortable. The next thing you know, something came in. And in, when, the, when those messengers from Babylon came in, he, they went back and told the king in Nineveh. And he said, hey, guess what? They got some stuff, man. And they went back, and guess what happened then? They went into captivity years later after Hezekiah's death. This king that came up after Hezekiah ran out that king's gate. And when he ran out that king's gate, the, the military stopped him and captured him. Took his sons, brought them before him, and killed him and plucked out his eyes so he couldn't see. Destroyed the gate at that time. And then guess what happened? We know they're in captivity for many, many years. And next thing you know, there's all the prophets of Jeremiah. And you've got Ezra. You've got Nehemiah and a lot of these different prophets are going on in the Bible while they're in captivity. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing a young guy uh, by the name of Nehemiah who rises up, who is the king's cupbearer. And he gets a, a grace with the king at the time. And he goes back and he build, rebuilds the walls. And he, get, he chooses two guys, which was a husband and a, and a, 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 man, a, a father and a son. Think about it. And the two names of those men, Koholzon, and I can't think of the other guy's name but, right now, but by definition in the Hebrew, one means restoration. The other is ever seen. Ezra and Nehemiah, Nehemiah chose these guys to res resurrect those gates right there at that pool in which that living water of the, of the Gihon that flowed. Some years ago, the Holy Ghost told me, he said, there's four great moves of God in the earth today. And I'm going to have you, by faith, tap into the, one of those rivers. are going to bring it up into the, into the house of the Lord where people can come and wash and see what I'm trying to do in the earth, that they might see what is the hope of their calling, that they might be participants of what God will be doing in the earth until I return. Are you hearing me? Maybe we need a little restoration work so we can see so we're not self-focused but kingdom focused that we're denying ourselves and we're following after him so we can see the result that God intended by the discipleship that we become you know Jesus isn't going to come down here and disciple you personally that's why he sent out the 12 and that's why he said now you go make disciples teaching them to observe if they not taught you and that's the method that he does today you we need the church we need the ministries of grace and the fivefold ministry equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. We need to be that place where 
people can come and wash. They can see so that they might take up their cross, deny themselves, and be a witness for Jesus Christ, showing the evidence of the reflection of what they've seen in the word by the revelation of the knowledge of the glory of God that has been revealed to us in Christ Jesus today, of who you are, what he's done, who, what we can do today because of that revelation. That is who we are. That's why we have to begin to reflect this isn't some man-made traditional religion. That's why sometimes people come and say, man, y'all are different. Are you hearing me? We're not living by religion. We're living by revelation. By the revelation of the word, the grace and the truth being revealed. God's goodness, his grace towards you today. Do you know the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, you can come boldly before that throne. You'll obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Grace is an enabling power that God gives to you to function even when everything is coming against you. All of a sudden, you'll rise up and go, wait a minute, my trust is in the grace of God. It's kind of like Elijah's mantle. He didn't, he didn't go, you know, I don't think oh, this thing works today. He didn't think like that. Man, when he walked up to the river and he needed to cross it, he took that man and slapped the side of that river and it apart like Moses' rod and he walked across. Do you know that? You ever seen that in the Bible? When the, when, the, when the mantle fell off of Elijah and got on Elijah, the first thing he did, the sons of the prophets going, hey, man, let, let the old guy go. Hang out with us. That's what religion does. Come on, come on, it's too much. Too, come on. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not hanging out with you hairy-legged fellas. I'm going to stay with the Father and the Spirit that's going to give me, that, that I'm going to receive something here. And, and Elijah, Elisha looked at Elijah and said, what do you want? He said, well, I'm going to stay with him. First, he even, he even tried to encourage him. You want to go? You go on. Because there's a test that comes. If you're going to deny yourself, is it better to please man or please God? Are you hearing me right now? I'm talking about the grace, how we receive anointing. How are we partakers of it? How we use it? How we begin to reflect it? How we begin to see it? Where does it come from? How does this happen? It has a lot to do with the condition of our heart and our ability to follow after God whenever we make a willful choice and decision. And I'm not saying you're not going to stumble with that cross. Jesus stumbled with his cross up and down that thing. But he didn't stumble in sin when he was headed up to Golgotha. But I'm going to say this. You might stumble, but glory to God, you're going to have a Simeon that's going to come alongside you within this house and going to say, hey, It's okay. We're not going to cast stones at you like somebody else who had never done nothing. No, we've done some stuff. I don't know about you, but I have done. I've, I'm not perfect. I'm not telling you I'm walking in sin. I'm not saying that. Praise God. Thank God for the grace of God, the glory of God, and the forgiveness of sin and the washing of the blood. But let me just say there's not a person in here that has not sinned. If you didn't, then you're a liar, the Bible says. Amen? I don't know why Jesus told those guys who were going to throw those stones at that woman. He said, hey, any of you? We hadn't seen. You cast the first stone. And they all walked away. Is that right? So this isn't about a judgmentalness or religion, a tradition to try to make you conform to a place that it's just about ticking the boxes and you'll get there. 
No, it's an attitude of a heart and the spirit of wisdom and revelation and who you know, what you know, how you're carrying that cross, how you're identifying with everything that God has said. Because let me just tell you, it's God who gives the increase. It's God who does those things. No man can take that ministry unto themselves, even the Bible says, even talking about the priesthood in other areas out of Hebrews chapter 4. But God anoints and God calls and God graces. And, and let me just say, every part of the body is significant. You might say, well, I, I don't have nothing to do while I'm in church. It has nothing to do just with what you do in church. It has everything you do with the other six days of the week. How you communicate, how you carry yourself, how you are witness and reflecting the revelation of Jesus Christ, how that you love and you serve, how you're not dividing, you're not bringing, the Bible says in the book of Jude and other places, how that we're not drawing men into our own will, our own belly, our own desires. See, that's, not, that's a place people are not denying and follow after Christ. They have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power thereof to change us, to make us disciples who are followers and we're learning and we're growing and they're getting revelation that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. The Bible says that this glory is grace and truth found in the word. Let me just keep reading James chapter one just for a moment here. James chapter one verse 23 says, for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man or a Beholding his natural face in a mirror. You see that? The word of God is known to us as a mirror reflection. And we want to reflect the glory of what God has done. By doers of the word, not just hearers only. You can hear it and not reflect it. You're not receiving it in to identify with that word. You know, there's going to be people in here today not necessarily getting it right now. That's why I'm saying pray over yourself. For the spirit of wisdom and revelation, we need to get it. We need to understand it so we can deny ourselves and follow him, build his church, build his kingdom, and he will build your life that way. That's where there's reward. That's where the grace begins to show up in areas of your life. It's not try, it's do. Doers. Natural phase. That means you're looking into the perfect law of liberty. Oh, come on. This is the law of liberty, and the Spirit of God will take that and make it real to you. It's called revelation. And then he'll be going, then, then you'll get an understanding as you begin to say, okay, now how do I apply that? What do you want me to do? How do I make that happen? What do I need? And it's always going to take some humility about it, trust me. There's always humility connected to it. But I want to just keep reading. Keep, keep the scriptures up there, brother. Look at this. Look in verse 24. It says, for he beholds himself and goes away and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But look, verse 25, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. And being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen. We could go on and talk about how you need to broaden your tongue. Because that's how, you get, that's how you lose a lot of things. That's why God told Joshua, he said, meditate in the word day and night. You'll find your way prosperous and have good success. But what did he say? He said, be strong and very courageous. He told him, he said, when you meditate in the word day and night, one of the things that you'll find with this understanding is he said, you need to keep it on the inside. You need to think about it. You need to speak it over yourself and speak it to yourself. You might not feel holy today, but you are, the, you are created in righteousness and true holiness, Ephesians 4 says. 
That's how you were created, in God, not from your mama and daddy. Are you hearing me? When you were born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. God's wanting to build and use and compact the church so it will show Christ to the world. And we will be evident people producing what God has done in our lives when we're in the public and we're around one another. We're not taking that off on Monday. We're not taking it off on Sunday afternoon. We're not doing that on Friday night. We're not taking it off on Saturday morning. No, we're, we're taking up this cross. We're continual. We're continuing in the word. Are you with me? This is a cross I got. You know, I'm carrying it. Are you with me? I'm not flexing muscles here. I'm carrying, I'm carrying, I'm carrying a cross. If I had one, I'd drag it across the stage right now. We got one. It's just too heavy for me to carry. Are you with me today? The glory of God. Whenever the goodness starts showing up, when you begin to see his goodness in Jesus Christ, oh, look out. And all of a sudden, you start receiving that name, which has been above every name. Remember, Peter, he said, oh, it's faith in the name and by that name that made that man. Oh, he had a revelation. Come on. You see, all of a sudden, you start identifying, going, ooh, hey, Jesus. Mm. Come on. That name, which is above every name. All of a sudden, the reality of these things begin to manifest. You begin to speak the name. You begin to walk in that place. You begin to understand what you've received. And you begin to reflect that. And you'll see the blessing of it come on your life as you continue in it. Amen. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.